Greetings and welcome to the 10th episode of Another Man's Podcast. And on today's episode, we're talking about men and reading. What exactly is it that we found very useful in reading culture? Welcome. So David, today we are talking about men and reading. Um, Something that, um, you know, the writings are saying if a person is not reading really, they're not growing. So... Let's uh, hear it from you. Um, what is in store today? Today, we'll spare one hour talking about reading culture and how it is impacted changes to our daily engagement of life. That is where I want our focus to be for today. So, first thing first, how were you introduced to reading culture? Like, was it school, home? self-interest or impressions from friends and uh, how how tough or easy the journey was like give us a short tour i think i think for me uh reading really started uh when i was young um i had uh, books that were in the house um and that is like as far as i can remember but these were like english books so i couldn't really like read them but when i started like primary school and we had those James Shigongo novels and the likes. Uh, and, you know, newspapers, EQ, and all of them, uh, Majira, uh, Bongo, uh, all those were like avenues for me to read. So I started reading like heavily uh, around that time. So pretty much like around standard two. Um, and things really like just took off from there. You know, I would take a novel, read it, finish it, pass it around, uh, take it around to another thing, uh, you know, find, find another book, read it again, uh, find another story in the magazine, follow that one, follow it, follow it, follow it. Uh, the magazine is out, then you read. And then as we grow, or as I grow, um, it continued to be like that, you know. I found myself like just want to read, and read and read and read. So you started with the local magazines to books? Yes, it was like the interchange there. You know, when uh, at that time, if I remember correctly, you know, uh, Shigongo used to like run the streets. So he would have uh, his stories on his, uh, you know, those Q, um, Yuma, Risasi yeah. and the likes. And then that is like where we, I, I personally like picked it up from. That's great. So from that, uh, when, when it comes to changing to this, uh, the new type of books, like people writing for fiction, nonfiction, the English books and stuff, I can call them, how the transformation went through. Like someone introduced to you like, hey, you can start to engage with this or it's yourself saying like, let me start to read these English books from different countries and starting to get more knowledge so initially it was really like me just trying to find something to read you know because i have that um that i'll definitely see something and i'll want to read it so even like in all level you know i used to have like these books i have a box i think uh to date it is there uh full of like my um all level exercise books and the books that i used to read at that particular time so I'm really like a person who is pulled out by stories. So all level, advanced level, you know, I used to read. Um, and then university, um, 
I read, you know, school stuff and non-school stuff. But um, the really change that came around was when I was introduced to um, self-help books, you know, um, all these uh, motivation and inspiration books. And that was around 2014, 2013. And um, in here, I would like to give a shout out to Kidando, uh, Leon Oscar, uh, who has a website called kidando.net. And from kidando.net, he used to blog about self-development. And so I was following his uh, blog. This is during like the Facebook days and all that. He used to post back to back, back to back. And then from reading his post, uh, I would see like he would mention a certain writer, you know, or I'll just like ask him like, well, okay, where is this concept coming from? Or something like that. So we'll discuss. And then he will say like, if you want to really like know more, we want to dig a little bit deeper in this particular subject, then read this particular book or read this particular book by this particular writer. So it is started from there for me. You know, I read uh, self-motivation books for some time. But then as time went on, somehow like I lost the, the enthusiasm really to read uh, motivational books. And this was because, yeah. and this is because I saw that reading a motivational book without having like a goal in end was really like a failed mission. You know, they always make sense if you want to be walking around a certain problem. You know, if um, you want to have like answers specifically, there's a specific area that you're struggling, then um, self-help books really like um, uh, tend to be there for you. They're not like fictional books. And then you have to read them more than once because they act like a, a map or something so that you always have to come back to them and read and find more knowledge. That's good. So this is the way I see books. Um, books are the products of people's opinions and experiences of their life written on pages. Okay? And the beauty of reading, readers read differently. How do you pick books to read? Like, are you after catchy titles, award-winning books, or recommendations? That's a very interesting um, question. Because it really is a combination of all that. I'll have, I'll just like draw from a very recent experience that I've had with books. Yeah? I had, um, be, I have been following uh, the Booker Prize, which um, in, um, in, a, in, a, in, in the literature world, it is one of those awards that are awarded for, you know, they create a buzz uh, in authors and they are like one of, uh, like the most respected um, book-related awards. So the yeah. winner of um, uh, last year, uh, his name is Shehan Karunatilaka. He won um, an award for his book uh, called The Seven Moons of Mali Almeida. So yeah. him winning, and I was like intrigued. This guy is from Sri Lanka, and he has written this particular book. So I started like digging him. Uh, what is he all about? What does he stand for? And I found that he had another book as well called Chinaman, The Legend of Pradeep Matthew. So I followed his story and his writing style and technique and all these things. 
And I say, I'm going to read these uh, seven moons of Mali Almeida. One, because it has won a Booker Prize, so it has to be a very cool, nice book. So let me get that. Okay. And, and I got it like in a hard copy. Uh, I read that one and then I finished it. And then I said, I want to go and read The Chinaman as well. So I found The Chinaman as well. Uh, oh, that that one and read it as well. So that was like from just like uh, an award-winning um, thing. But sometimes or most of the times I'll just be going about um, a place that they're selling books and I'll be like browsing the titles. And when I see like something that is like pulling me towards it, I'll find it. I'll read what is the backstory, what is being talked about in here. If it is something that I'm curious about and I want to learn from it, I, I'm going to really like going to buy that particular book and uh, I'll read it. But most of the time, sometimes we are, I might get recommendations. Um, it is not like frequently that I'll get recommendations because um, sometimes I tend to really like, um, I want to curate uh, my own uh, reading really. And very few people that are uh, in my circle, uh, we recommend um, books to each other. Uh, I just remembered now that, um, um, shout out to Mkuki, uh, he recommended several books. And funny enough, I've gone out and found all the books that he had recommended. It was just like on a public forum. And he said like, okay, there's this um, particular book. them are English books or the Swahili books? Oh, it is a mix of, of both. Uh, there is, there is um, ah, okay. an English book and there is a Swahili book. But um, Cookie really is a good advocate and the best advocate for Swahili literature. You know, he says that um, nothing is sweeter than studying literature that is in your own language. Definitely. One of the most influential thinkers in this area was Sir Francis Bacon, who believed that reading helps people become more intelligent, creative individuals with better reasoning skills. So I'd like for you to share with us that one thing or change you are thankful and proud of you since you adopted reading habits. When it comes to reading, really, there is one moment that stands out for me to date. And um, this was the decision for me to say, I want to move from this particular job to another particular job. You know, I felt that I was growing, but I was not really equally meeting uh, an environment that was fostering that particular growth. And mm. I read this book by Seth Godin. The marketer guy. Yes, the marketer guy, Seth, Seth Godin, which I follow to date uh, in his, in his mm. various outlets. Uh, so yes. this book was all about, yeah, it, is called, it was called like The Lynchpin. So this book really like gave me a very broader perspective about, you know, the nature of being replaced and... I really like took a very deep inspection into myself and I tried to ask myself those kinds of questions that Seth was asking in that particular book. And it really like opened me up to make that particular decision that up to date, I'm really, really happy that I did that particular decision. So it is one book that um, I can remember correctly that it had a very positive 
impact um, on 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 my on my life, so to say. Uh, that book was was there for me. Do you have a book like that, David? For me, I think I have many yeah. I have different, like, but the the one which is uh, simple, I think, is the Fourth Agreement and Ikigai. All right. So, what about these two books? Which one? We like what? What really like caught you in these two books? The Fourth Agreement. And ah, the Fourth Ikigai. Agreement and Ikigai. Yeah. You know, I'm so into living, understanding life, humans, and everything that is around the world, behaviors you know, consciousness and unconsciousness moments. So the moment I read those books, they make me to be more human, like to understand the nature of the world, the people, how to engage with them, how to behave, how to protect your inner peace. So those, I think, are the most expensive expensive things that I always look forward to. So, so there is a lot of self books that will teach you in how to be emotional, uh, strong, socially, financially, physical, mentally. And, but for me, I think humanity comes first over everything. So any book that speaks loud on telling me how to become more human, how to manage to live with other people, how to be in a safe state, I always find it the best for me. All right, that is that is very great. That is very nice. Yeah, so um, this one, they say smart readers are those who find things to question and dis- disagree with an author, no matter how the book makes sense to other readers. So my question is, what initiative you normally do when you find yourself in a state of disagreement feeling or the need to question an author like you're reading a book and you have a lot of disagreements or a lot of questions but you don't have the reader i mean an author there you have the book how you normally do when you're in, into that state so i'm going to take it to our current read uh, in uh, in our hbc uh, hekima book club um that yeah. we are doing currently it is a book that um on hindsight um it has been praised uh by the author to be a very funny book not by the author but by the public and the people that reviewed the book so yeah. upon uh starting reading the book the first because this is a collection of essays the first essay really yeah. didn't come out as that fun but then i was like Maybe I need to read more and try to understand where the writer was coming from. So the more I read that particular book, the more I understand. So I don't really say that I read um, a book without questioning. I read a book in a way that it is like, this is, let's say, for example, a book written by David. This is David's story. And this is like how he perceives this particular thing, right? So let me read through. Then if I finish it, I'll just measure it against how have I enjoyed the book. Uh, I don't have that, you know, it should have been written like this or it should not not have been written like this because most of the time 
I'm reading from writers that, you know, are really good at what they do. So trying to correct them to me feels like you're not really getting the concept of the book. For example, when I read um, the Booker Prize uh, winner, um, uh, The Seven Moons of Mali Almeida, to me it felt like, all right, what is so special about this particular story? Was it the storytelling that was used? Was it the subject matter? Was it the history that was um, in the book itself? So these and many more questions made me say, like, these judges decided to award this particular book um, as the winner. What exactly did they see in this particular work? And then I go and I read the book. Now, me reading the book um, gave me a realization that I, maybe I need to read more uh, of Shehan materials. And then I went back and read his very first book, um, The Legend of Pradeep Matthew, which is, to me, up to this particular point where I am with, with the book, is quite interesting. The way that um, Shehan now tells the story, it is that he uses um, his writing and cricket. But, for example, yeah. in, the, in the legend of Pradeep Matthew, he's using cricket to tell a story about Sri Lanka. And in the seven mm-hmm. moons of Mali Almeida, He's using all these chaotic scenes that are actually happening because it is the book about a dead man, you know, and he has to find the people who um, killed him. He has like seven days or seven moons. So within those seven moons, the story that is being told here is really the story about Sri Lanka as a country. So there is this, you know, wind of magic in it And, uh, you know, to just like finalize this particular answer is that I tend to take uh, these works of creatives now, writing, music, with a little bit of like context. For example, if the book doesn't hit me right, I'll be like, "Let Mm -hmm. let me try and see where was the writer in when they were writing this particular book. Which, with which eye were they trying to, you know, uh, come out at this? And then I'll just say that, you know, I didn't really enjoy this particular book, uh, but I won't really, like, question, uh, Kwamba, you know, why using this or why not using that? It would be, like, mostly, like, well, I didn't really, like, enjoy reading it as much, but I, I always, like, find something to learn, even if it might be uh, a very negative thing. So how do you deal with it yourself, Davy? If you come across uh, such a thing, have you ever come across a book that you had to criticize the writer for, or you have a book that you are constantly criticizing the writer for the for, for that particular book? So for for me, um, most of times I read with readiness. Like when I I say I'm going to read this, it doesn't matter whether I agree with the person or I disagree with the person or I have a lot of questions. I love to read it up to the end because whenever I, I, I made my mind, I read it. And the good thing or the bad thing for me is um, I will leave those I don't, I don't agree with, like the likes of disagreement. 
I will pick the one that I think will help me to become better. Like you can speak 10 words, but only two make sense to me, then those are the only one I will take. That's always what I do. I, I, I never open the book or listen to anything with using years of an author or an artist. It's like the, the main thing made me to open that book is because either Mark recommended me that this is a nice book or me, myself and I, I like the context from outside and the comments of other people about the book. So I'll go into it and find whatever I want to find for myself. So I always read up to the end. If I already make decision, I'll read. I never skip the book just because of a lot of disagreement. But sometimes you might find yourself like, nah, this is not true. This doesn't work with me. This works with me. This. So for that way, I think that's why most of us, we find better to engage ourselves in book clubs. You know, when you have a book club, um, it makes it easier for you guys to have uh, a session that can question and hear different open, uh, different opinions and views from your fellow leaders that already read that book and understand more from the other side. You know, sometimes I might not be able to understand a, a certain statement from my side, but when someone else tell me this was supposed to be this way, it helps me to understand it because so far an author is not there. You get it. I, I get it, David. I, I understand exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. So the, the moment you were telling me about that, you know, I recall one thing first. You remember the time we had an argument about wheel books? I remember. You were tough on how the book were written and everything. You, you're not, you have a lot of disagreement on the flow. So how did you manage to, to fit in yourself and, and find angles to read it? If you're being honest, I didn't really finish mm. reading the book. Like that is yeah. one. I, 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 I'm not really like a Will Smith stan, you know. But I have seen, um, let's say, his YouTube series. That is like something that, you know, I saw and I followed that one. I have um, seen his interviews. That That is like one of the things that also helps me a lot when I'm trying to understand a person. And um, that, is, that is just like it. You know, for, for a book like Wheels, really for me, it is, it is, yes, it can be like maybe an essential read, but it really is something that I'll read because someone else has said to read this particular book. I'm not a very huge fan of biographies of entertainers. You know, I have very yeah. few people that I would love to read from them, um, what they've written. For example, uh, there's a new book uh, by Bono called Surrender, um, mm. Bono of you too. So Bono, for example, interests me. I'm going to read that particular book. Um, so it really is, you know, a smooth, I mean, like not a very smooth water to walk on, but to me, I know exactly who I am going to read and, you know, like a biography 
case by case. So that is like to me is always like clear. And um, I don't think I would have really gone to a bookshop and buy um, Will's book. You know, not that it is a bad book, uh, but it is really like out of my uh, normal place that I tend to uh, buy uh, books like those. You know, it is not like my in my area okay. of interest, yeah, so to say. Okay, so uh, there was a lot of the rise and fall of book clubs. Like every day we see there is a new club. It's normal. There is another surviving, but it ended up dying. So me and you, we are all active members of a book club known as HBC. And being said, it is the only sustainable and friendly book club to join a variable in the restaurant for past two years now. So my question is, what do you think makes uh, a Kima book club sustainable? I think it's a, it's a huge it's a huge claim, and I, but also a very very huge win uh, that we have uh, a book club like HBC in existence. The thing that makes really HBC win, and this is going to be like just my take, is the diversity really of the crowd and um, the yeah. interests. It is not an elite elite club. You know, uh, that is full of, um, you know, university professors and all that. But it is really like formed by uh, or comprises of very young uh, people who have diverse tastes in the kinds of book that they read. And uh, that diversity in reading really is what brings the book club together, you know. And uh, that makes you want to just like go out and read um, together. And um, to me, it really has given me, um, you know, an opportunity to also go and read stuff that I would normally not read, you know. And um, I have learned from those stuff, you know. And um, I'm seeing it as something that is useful, you know. And um, it is just a beauty, really. So it is the diversity of people within, you know, that youthfulness and the lack of, you know, that like eliticism is something that I would say uh, makes it really like work, you know, even though we have some very few people that, you know, put in the work to make sure that um, these things happen. For example, uh, our very, very dear place, uh, the Ridge uh, Cafe that, uh, you know, constantly offers us a home uh, to be there for reviews every end of the month, you know, and um, every other member really who shows up because whoever shows up on a book review is a person who, you know, is responsible, is making uh, HBC what it is. So I have really like found a cool place to read and to constantly strive for a better understanding of stuff. What, what do you think makes it work? So th- this is my answer. And I found it when I was doing some researches on book clubs, how they all started, who was the first person to organize and everything. And I found out one of the earliest organized book club happened in 1634. 
by the religious renegade Annie Hanson. And when she was asked, like, she has to give her two cents that how a book club can sustain and have liveness, I answer this, keep it informal, do not prescriptive, make people welcome. Make it clear that make, make it clear that it doesn't matter if they haven't finished the book or even started it. They are still welcome. So the moment I found that answer, it, I took it and related it to HBC. Like one of the things we want is to make it informal. There is no formality, like you have to join, you have to do this, you have you know those formal things, yeah? And always uh, the environment is welcoming, like make it for people to feel welcome all the time. So if you you you, you ask me, that is the big win of all. There is no another secret source that we can talk about. So anyone can pass whenever they get time and no one will ever be judged like you didn't, did you read, you didn't read, just welcome. Spare, spare your time, come here, let's do the review, connect, talk, have fun, then go home. That's all. Yeah, and um, I think that is also the, the, the great thing about it. But I also want to ask you something over there. Um, yeah. The fact that, do you think like book clubs are so feminine, you know, that many guys won't really partake in them or you have had different experiences because... Um, some of the biggest book clubs uh, we see, they are like, you know, women-led. Uh, do you think there's there's something there or a secret over there that, you know, all these women in book clubs and all that? Uh, most events, women are many more than us. I think we are not, for, for men, we are not so that into meeting to clubs, places that we can sit down for hours and and discuss things without interaction of going somewhere or thinking of something else. I think that is not our culture. I don't know. But for me, I think that is not our culture because even you can understand the first book club being started with a woman, that honey, you get that? 1634. So it can, even that book club was full of women. So I think women have more time to to sit and get more times to engage and talk more than us. We 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 struggle to sit down and talk for for many hours. Like if if you you can do that research in even a phone, you can't call a fellow man and have a one hour conversation that is just speaking about social issues like. Ilani this, Lafiki this, Lafiki that. You must have an agenda that will make you sustaining to stay in that space full of men and discussing one issue only from the start to the end. So I think the power of, for me, I don't know if people have more answers about that, but for me, I always see these gathering things are more female issues. They can they are good into that. It's not it's not in a bad face, but I mean those are their things. They can organize events, they can show up, they can make it 
on time, they can be there. Like, that is the thing. So we, we will never battle them on that angle. No matter how we try our best, showing up for us, it's, a, it's another issue. That's why I think they, they, they keep on winning. So the trick is to have um, a woman as the leader of a book club and then your book club works? In a group of 10 men, you must have five or three ladies if only you need to make sure those 10 guys, they'll be showing up. Otherwise, the first day will be 10, the next day will be 7, the next will be 3, the next will be 2 and 1, then dead. But whenever there is another gender, a woman, events, organizing, everything, that is their thing. Even at home, they can say, you can understand when it comes to organizing things, you can have a ghetto and be satisfying with whatever it looks, shaggy and stuff, but having several um, visiting of a sister or a girlfriend will spot one by another and make changes like today by this becoming house. So it can tell you how it is all about organizing things for, for women. So book clubs, still, no matter how we, we, we try to to impress or to push men to show up to those events, we, we will never make it. I hear you. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's my angle. So, as a successor in adopting the reading culture, what initiative you ever did or think of doing um, to help non-readers becoming one? Like, what initiative you, since you love reading, and you've been reading for many years, what initiative are you doing to hold the hand of someone else and tell them like you can be a reader because reading can help you to become this and that and that, or even kids or even society, whenever even donation, anything that you ever did that aim to improve the reading cultures to others who are not readers. I think the, the, the thing that I have come to realize uh, is, yes, maybe we can all be readers, but we really can't all be readers, as in different people have different appetites for doing different things. So the least that I always can do is if I come across a book and I think, oh, this book, David might, li- might like it, I'm always going to be recommending that book to David. So I do this through book recommendations. If I find a book that is nice, it is good, I'm going to share it, I'm going to speak about it, I'm going to mention it wherever I am. Just so another person who would like to connect to that particular taste uh, get a hold of that particular book. So I'm not hard on trying to force people, especially adults, that they have to read X, Y, and Z. But to me, it is like it is it is like a path that you have to walk on your own. You come across a problem or you come across an interest and then you go and you find a book and you read and you love it. Uh, and again, you're just not reading for the sake of like adding pages or something like that. You are reading because... Um, it is going to help you to change. It's going to help you to add in uh, marifa and in in different places 
or different areas. Yeah. So it is it is really like a unique um, journey for everyone. But I think the most important one is to uh, teach the young kids to read. And um, I have like this plan in my head of really like just gifting um, young kids books. And my taste in books might really not be um, everyone's taste in books, you know? And that is like where the difficult part starts. But the aim of young people is to get them to know that books exist and to know that they can have valuable knowledge available to them uh, via books and so they should read them. So I'll definitely like take a book, buy a book, and then send it. Um, or I'll exchange books with friends. You know, we have this and that and that. And then I'll send it their way. And also if they come across something new or something interesting, they'll send it my way as well. So it is mostly like sharing um, about books and talking about them uh, to make sure that people or more people found find these writers in these particular books sometimes i don't think if it has to be more of your taste uh, for me for me that is a good thing but you, you don't have to stop when you you start to think that if this the taste these people will like or not i think there is th those books you read and find them this is very useful to our society. So even recommending to a friend, like I think your issues, when you get a time and read this, it will give you answers because I don't know how I can make it simple for you to understand, but this book can help you to understand this and this and that. So that has nothing to do with the taste. I, I think it's more of what that author was trying to speak to, to the readers and um, I was thinking of one thing you know the, the fact that let's say the rest of them, right? we we used to have one library that is Maktaba for all the kids to go there in the city and having access to read that had never made, made sense to me comes to today the place is dead and we don't have the the best thing you say that is communicatable same as Maktaba without talking about Wongoze Institute or whatever just focusing on the public thing that was used for government or um, what they call them local local schools and stuff I always think this way if we really need to, to build this culture because I think it's a crazy thing that we fail totally, fail to adapt it and penetrate the, the, the behavior habit to the kids. I think every district would have one library, like let's say Temeke, one, Kinondoni, one, um, Ilala, one, Ubungo, one, Kigamboni, one. That way it could at least boost the culture but I, I i get my time and be like 
do even re- leaders cares about us? Do leaders need to have a society full of knowledgeable and informative people? No. I think they need these type of people for them to lead them for years and years. That's why they cannot do those type of initiatives. That's how I see it in a, in a helping the society. That that is a very interesting take on um, the issue about libraries. And I remember, again, I'm going to mention Mkuki here uh, when we were talking about books. And he gave an example of, I think, Finland or somewhere there uh, in the Scandinavian countries. That um, mm. And this was based more on the writer's perspective that if you are a writer, you have at least maybe a thousand copies of your book that are going to be distributed to the chain of libraries over there. So yeah. already you see that this writer has a place to take their book, you know, and that motivates them to write, you know, and to know that for a fact that these books are going to be read. So for us, that was the thing that he mentioned that, you know, we have um, um, a challenge here that uh, we need to bring back these libraries. And then we have to make sure that our people read um, books written by Tanzanians, you know, not, not, not only just books written by Tanzanians, but, you know, they get to read these books because that, again, also makes the publishing costs cheaper, you know, makes the writer happy, makes the publishing house happy as well, you know. And this was like more on books that we are not school-centric, you know, uh, books about, like, let's say, like, novels and all that, that, you know, made by, more made or written by, by writers. And the issue of libraries is important. It is still a challenge. And um, yeah. I, I really don't know how we are going to be uh, tackling that particular one, but definitely um, doing feasibility studies and seeing the importance of uh, these locations and make sure that they have books that are also in demand or they go with the current need and, you know, the, 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 the need that we have for information and knowledge is going to be something that is very positive. I hope so. We'll, we'll get there one day. So, um, as we are, we are going to an end, I would love you to share with us your favorite or worst author ever read and tell us why. I'm going to be very honest with you when it comes to this particular question. It is a very hard yeah. question for me, really. Um, because I'm trying to go through my head here. I'm trying to remember the worst book I have ever read, really. Um, I can't find one. Like, if I don't like a book, I think I'm not going past maybe like five, six pages in it. If it is not like making me curious or anything, I'm not going to spend time um, uh, reading it. But then if we have to, to narrow it down to say the writers that I love. And if I have to mention like one, one, one. Yeah, just one. I'm going to just say, I love how Seth Godin writes. 
um, the language that he uses is very straight to the point, you know, easily understandable, digestible. And his tone is really towards building more, you know, and trying to find a better way to be more effective. You know, so it really mostly like centers around that. And I love his books for that. And that is by no means saying that I don't uh, like other writers, but in this particular instance, I'm going to mention uh, Seth Godin so far. I mean, you mean Seth as the favorite author. You choose Seth, yeah? Yeah, I'll, I'll choose Seth Godin. I agree with you. <laughs> I have a bunch of, uh, of his books, uh, his, what they call it, link, YouTube sessions and stuff. He's, he's a good guy. I, I think he used one of the easiest, simplest um, language to speak to people. So it makes it easier for anyone to engage with him. I think I, 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 I will, if I would have to choose, I'll choose him too. But as long as you already choose, I'll go with Don, Don Miguel Ruiz. The one who written the fourth agreement, the fifth, uh, he has like three books, I think. So the way he narrate things, I think that is the easiest way to 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 speak to anyone, especially most of the time. I already I always uh, look Don Miguel books, like the books you can put at any school from kindergarten level. And the kids could engage to those books from the lowest age and growing up with them and shape them to become well and good people to, to, to engage with different people. I'm going to read uh, Don Miguel, um, that particular book, and see... Yeah, Don Miguel Ruiz. All this, all this hype around this particular book. Yeah, they're very, very, very small books, very, very small, few pages, but there is a lot. There is a lot speaks inside there that can can change you, how you see things and how you understand the world and everything around. So quick one, the last one after you share the, the favorite, I think you have to, to recommend two books for listeners that you think can impact changes to their life, two books. All right, if I'm going to pick two books, um, yeah. I'm going to pick The Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro. Okay. Yeah, The Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro. That was my favorite read uh, last year, um, even though I had like several others, but that was a book that really stood out for me. It's not that big, you know, uh, very small. I loved the language that was used in that particular book. So it's a beautifully crafted book. So I'm going to recommend that. But also I read um, Swahili literature as well. And I'm going going to recommend uh, Fanani by Zainab Ali Baharun. Um, It's a a very nice book. Um, The language in there uh, it's that thing that we say, 
you know, if you want to enjoy um, a book, read it in your mother tongue. And I think uh, Zainab Ali Baharun did a wonderful job um, when she wrote Fanani. Um, it really like sticks every time. And I, I, I've read it only once and I'm thinking of actually going back to yeah. read it again. So those two books, The Remains of the Day by Kazuo Ishiguro and Fanani by Zainab Ali Baharun. What would you recommend? For me, I think I would recommend um, Richer, Wiser, Happier. How the World is Greatest Investor Win in the Markets and Life by William Green. That is a, is a one of a great book if you want to read in a certain mind. There's a lot inside there. It's a mix of life and business, you know. So, so around that, you can understand a lot of things in a very simple language. Richer, wiser, and happier. And uh, another one I think I'll recommend, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Susan Jeffers. Those are two books I would recommend someone to read. They will change and impact the way they do their things and think and how they see the world around the business, taking uh, to do, to, to dare, to come out, to show up, everything, to handle people and everything around us. Those are my books I would recommend. Great, great choices. I haven't really read either one of those. So I think mm-hmm. I'm going to be uh, adding them to my reading list. What else have we okay. forgotten? Uh, we have forgotten about uh, your childhood favorite book, David. If you had any, 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 any favorite book, every time. This is one fun thing about me. I, I used to enjoy reading those magazines. You've been talking about Bongo and stuff, Sunny and, and the likes because of the cartoons, the stories, you know, the Eric Gongo days. But I have never been a fan of reading books at school at all. What I used to do on literature subject is most of the time when it comes to reading I was not there but have some friends who were good in reading like they love reading deep you know so what I normally do is it was whenever it was days when we are about to do exams I'll go to them I will ask them to to tell me like telling me a story because you already read it so it's easy for you to narrate it to me so I was listening to those books as stories, then I go to the exam uh, room and answer the answer. I mean, answer the questions. So I never had a specific book in my childhood, and, and that I will tell you, this was my favorite. Never, like this culture of reading and everything. I when I, I was already out of school, then I started to to say, you know what. I've been skipping these sessions most of my times. So let me start to read. That's all it started. But to school, I never read any. And even if you take me from primal to secondary to uni and ask me any literature book that we were using to school, 
and what the story is it about, I tell you, I'll be blank because I was taking my time to listen to stories. Then I'm going to the papers. I'm answering the questions. Done. Mas mwanangu ulikuwa na akili kinyama yani. Sasa hivi kama ulikuwa nazo au unazo lakini the ability to just like I think zimbakia mbili. The ability to just be like go there and have um somebody ajoka la mdimu for example. Ah that is crazy good man. Like I, I used to skills. hear the 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 names like that yokalam dimu konkwa i don't know whatever whatever but i don't know nothing about their their context inside because i've never read them never and i never failed the english subject that was another weird thing i was just liking to to appear on the classes but whenever it comes like this this you are supposed to go and read this i don't do it like if they read and understand it deep and they can help someone else listening to what they have to say about the book and you go to an exam and score maybe i think credit have to go to them for me i think i'm the the side of me i was an easier understanding person maybe that way but for making it another person to understand that goes for them All right, that is good. So I'm, I'm just going to finish up with one last one. If every other book in the world was to be burnt down, which one book would you save? Would I save? Yes, you'd say like, don't burn this one. Um, there's a battle of two books, but as a me- like uh, all the books have to be burnt and will I uh, and I have to remain here with humans or without humans no 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 I mean like you just have to like we just we are just burning books we are human beings we are continuing to exist the rest exist. of things will be still here yes everything else will, is going to be here but we are going to burn all the books you just have to save one book I think how to win friends and influence people And I think on that particular note, Thank you too, bro. Uh, we are finishing our today's episode. This is our 10th episode uh, of the Another Man podcast. If you haven't really like checked us, please do check us uh, wherever you're getting your podcast. Uh, we have other nine episodes that you can listen to uh, that we question different things. We talk about music and men. We talk about masculinity. We talk about gift giving. Oh, that is actually one that many people love to listen to. But uh, if you're new here, Karibu Sana, uh, this is the place. And today I was your host, Mark Cotonier, alongside David James. And would like to wish you a very good time wherever you are. Bye-bye from us.